Welcome to We're Listening to Podcast, a community where all voices are heard. I'm your host, Rob Cook. Join me for a lighthearted show about the human experience with live conversations, discussions, and interviews of some of the newest to the most established 3P practitioners from all over the world. So no matter if you've known the three principles for years or you're new to Daily Insights, we hope each episode will inspire you to demonstrate a community where all voices are heard. I really would like to take this time to just thank so much. Thank you so much for everyone who's been actively supporting us and helping build the 3P communities worldwide. This international network of collaboration and support that we are growing and developing is only happening as a result of you showing up and responding. Thank you so much. The grounding emerging, man, the registrations are going up, so please make sure you do register. That is Friday, January 14th, 15th, 16th for a comeback session on the 21st. Uh, Deepening an understanding is really the easiest way to explain it. Getting you more familiar with that uh, unique understanding of how the psychological and the spiritual are actually connected. Lastly, to those who have been given Thank you for your support. Again, we do not care about the size of the contribution. Um, all financial support helps us extend our staff, update our technology, and continue to grow the programs that we want to have for practitioners and communities around the world. We are grateful for any and all of your donations to include your time. So um, I really, really, really thank you. Happy holidays to you in this season. And without further ado, welcome to today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an amazing, amazing episode. Um, I will admit, right before we started recording, I was very much fanning out over my guest today. <laughs> I think I'm celebrating <laughs> and we got it all set to go. But ladies and gentlemen, the beautiful Mavis Karn. Um, Hello, ma'am. How are you? Well, I'm fine. Does that mean I have to be amazing? <laughs> you just have to be you. That part just comes with uh, it. It's just an ordinary thing. I'm not sure I can pull off something. <laughs> Thank you so much uh, for being here today. Um, just an uh, amazing example or demonstration of this understanding, um, especially as you teach us all or point to the importance of listening. Um, that was the first thing I, I heard from you and I heard it, I heard it, um, the importance of it. And I share it with the, the listeners, different stories of being you know, caught up face-to-face -face in anger, ready to fist fight and hearing, listen, mm -hmm. and realizing in just that moment, the only way I could get to this point was I wasn't listening. Um, yeah, I, I just really love how, how simple you make listening um, when, you, when you talk about it. But before we get to that, I, I want to go back to what was it like before it was that simple for you to listen, <laughs> you know, when, when things may have been hard? Well, it was a, a long time ago. Um, <laughs> I just had my 82nd birthday, so I can, I can say about 45 years ago. <laughs> Uh, well, happy belated birthday. Well, thank you. I um, About 45 years ago, I learned about the principles. 
And before that, I had been um, pretty much believing every thought that came into my head and all the drama that goes with that. And as far as my work goes, I um, was traditionally educated in diagnosing people and going back into the past and finding out what was wrong with them and why and who and how and all of that. And um, so that was a lot of hard work to um, relive suffering with people and trying to find a name for it and then say that, okay, that's, that's my job now. I, I know why they feel bad and what's the name of their diagnosis. And I didn't know what to do after that though. I didn't know how to make people be happy. And a lot of that was I didn't know how to sustain it myself. It wasn't that I was unhappy, but I um, was reactive and um, worried a lot. I had I was a single mom of three kids, and so I I was just being an ordinary person that didn't know how their mind worked. So now I'm an ordinary person that does. But it was very hard to. Um, and you know this too, it was, it's very hard to believe that the outside is where, how, what you're feeling inside comes from. And so then you try to fix the outside, which has never worked in the history of human beings. And um, that leads to more trying to figure things out and do things that will never work. So it's exhausting. And when I learned, to answer the first question, the way I listened back then was to listen to what people were saying and wonder why they were saying it and try to figure out what they meant. And, and I'd get defensive or I'd get judgmental or I'd, I'd think of something I wanted to say and I'd say that and we'd, it was, I spent all my time listening to my thoughts about what they were saying, but not listening to them. I listened to all the mental activity that was going on in my own head, but I wasn't listening to them. I didn't know that. I didn't know I wasn't listening to them. I could pretty much repeat everything they said, and I thought that meant I was listening. No, it didn't. It had nothing to do with it. So not long after I started learning about the principles, I was at a workshop um, and a colleague and a friend of mine, Sandra Crott, who's a wonderful woman, she did a little exercise on how to listen. And it just stuck with me. It was, um, I never forgot it and, and kept catching myself listening to my own head instead of really listening to someone else and eventually took things that she taught and added my own and tweaked it here and tweaked it there and started doing workshops and how to listen primarily to set the table for the education about the principles because as you know the principles are so simple it's why we can't understand them so if if people have some ideas about how to listen first 
to really just clear your head and try things on for size. Don't try to analyze them. Don't try to figure them out. Listen to your reactivity and let it go. Listen to your, well, yeah, but what about and let it go and, and just listen until you can feel an understanding. You, you may not be able to explain it or talk about it, but you can feel the truth of things. And that is more likely to happen when you're listening with nothing on your mind than when you're trying to get it or remember it or teach it to somebody else. So for me, it's, it's where you start. It's, it's, um, I know that you, you can teach whatever you're teaching without doing that, but you're going to save yourself a lot of time and effort if you teach people to listen first. And it's, it's not like it just works when you're, you're teaching people things. It's what interaction cannot be improved by at least one person in it listening. When you learn to listen, you raise every interaction you're involved with onto higher ground. It's, it's not even that you're trying to do that. Because listening, deeply listening, is way less work than listening from your personal intelligence. The noise. Yeah. <laughs> it's calm. I had, a, I had a incident. Well, it wasn't, I didn't have the incident. My daughter was involved in something that was very scary for her. And when she called me to tell me about it, she was crying. And all I could hear was, all right, check the flights. How much is it going to cost you to get there? Um, okay, move appointments around. Move. And I'm noticing, okay, I have no clue what she's crying about right now. <laughs> but I've planned a trip. Yep. I'm ready to go. We'll figure <laughs> it out there. And then it's kind of like, well, okay, before we do that, how about we listen? <laughs> You know, and she tells me the story and she's okay. She was just crying when she was telling me the story. Yeah. And it was like, oh you my had a God. Major dad moment. Yes. Oh, a major dad moment. It was like, but it also, it also showed me she was okay because she's connected to wisdom too, not she's okay because I'll do anything to make sure she's okay as my daughter. Yeah. You know, it was like, oh wait, no. Like I know if she had a financial problem, I'll do whatever I need to do to make sure she had it. Cause she's my baby girl, my youngest. But technically she's connected to find her own wisdom and figure it out on, it was like the first time I'd saw her as her own human being outside of being my daughter yeah. and could see her well being, could see she was okay with just how she handled the situation, just how she was explaining to me the story, just how she was telling me um, she was going to go on with her week. And, but, you know, Mavis, I'm, I'm in my dad moment now. And, and I get through that one and wake up and I was like, oh, okay, okay. Whew. But what do I do? Next day, I change our communication style. I'm calling, hey, just checking in. She's like, dad, I'm okay. Like, I'm still not listening. 
She's okay, but I'm still not listening. Because to me, you're supposed to be a little bit scared now. Because I need you to need me to comfort you as your dad. Because I'm scared. Yeah. And it was like, whoa, dude, what are you doing? Like, it was just this. But yeah, we're fine now. But that it was one beautiful experience of I thought I knew I thought I knew listening again. But just there is always a deeper listening. What a great, um, what a great catch that you caught yourself yeah. and see it for what it was. It's, it's like, it's so common. And I know you know this, when somebody, particularly the people that are closest to it, start telling us a problem, we immediately jump to, I got to fix it. <laughs> and, and then we wonder why they get mad at us when we start offering advice. They just wanted us to listen. Yeah. They didn't want us to fix anything. If they needed advice, they'd ask for it. And, we'll, and we sometimes don't realize they have never asked for it. True. <laughs> if we listen back, we'll notice. They <laughs> yes. never asked for it. That's not what they're after. They just want to be listened to. It's the greatest gift you can give anybody, including yourself. I like that. Because you listen to yourself in order to catch yourself not listening. Yeah. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> yes. yeah. I've been having a lot of moments of, of catching myself. I, I was mad at myself the other day because I had empathy for what I considered to be a butthole. This guy, he was very rude to this young lady. And, oh, I was mad at him. And I really wanted to tell him until it hit me that I know life happens from the inside out. And if that is the way he's expressing himself, boy, is he hurting. Yeah. He probably needs you to love him, not judge him. Yeah. And I'm just a crime, Mavis. I'm just like, no, I cannot have empathy for this butthole. This is not right, you know. But like you say, listening to yourself. To, I knew it was true. I knew he was hurting. I knew I was wrong for judging him. I knew all of that when it was happening. But it was kind of like, but it wasn't right what he did. And I wanted to hold on to that story so bad that yeah. he cursed a kid. Like I, I, I needed that. And it just kept falling away. And I kept building it back up to stay mad. But it just kept falling away because I, I knew he was just hurting. Isn't thing that you get? intolerant of your old habits yes they, they, yes they come into your head and you want to follow them but they feel so god awful you just right. can't justify them anymore you yeah. keep trying until you finally just give up and say, forget it i'm just not any good at being nasty yeah yeah i love that it it doesn't matter that our old habit comes into our head that's nothing what matters is we know that that's all it is. And we don't choose to act on it. We make room for our wiser, kinder selves. And I forget that regularly. Just not for long anymore. Yeah. That's okay. I'm, it's a, uh, this is as good as I know so far, and I'm up for 
seeing whatever I need to see to get deeper and better. You know, I think that's what I love most about the um, understanding the principles and the, the work is everything outside in makes me believe I'll master it one day. <laughs> and so it makes the carrot all the more brighter. And you would never believe in looking at it from outside in that you would, or at least I do, find the most joy and peace in my life by knowing I don't know. Exactly. And being excited about that. <laughs> like, exactly. if I don't know it, what is there to learn? Like, oh my God. Like, it's, it almost is unrecognizable to me sometimes. Like, it's like, it's like, Rob, it's like, this is the least I'll ever know. Yes, exactly. Like, right now, it's the least I'll ever know. Okay. Yes. Wow, I can hardly wait to see what's next. Yeah. It's like, it used to be, you asked about what it was like before. It used to be in my old kind of work, I had, I had to take notes for every session. And then when somebody come in, I, I'd look at my notes to see where we left off. And I can't imagine doing that anymore. I can't imagine that. Because God knows what could have happened to somebody in a week. Oh. <laughs> they could be somebody they don't even recognize. Yeah. What are my notes? But you know, we had to do that back then. So um, now it's like, I know for sure, like, kind of like I know the sun's going to come up tomorrow. I know that at any given moment, I have what I need. I just need to show up and get all the noise out of the way. So there's room for whatever I need for the moment. And I'm not made any different than anybody else. We're all made that way. We just didn't know we had that app. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like we have memory that's got our entire past in it. And in my case, you'd think my head would be about the size of a dirigible. I got a lot of past, right? <laughs> it's a story about the best I knew then. That's what it is. I can do nothing about having a better past. And I am so glad that's off my shoulders because I used to be trying to do that all the time. Right. I didn't know that it was nothing. It was just, it was just a, it was a story. And that memory is mine to use as I wish. I can, I can relive the past, which is, sometimes fun, but reliving trauma is, I'm not sure what the point of that is, but it's optional. Or I can retell it, which I just find that really helpful. That memory is, um, you know, by the time you get to be 82, you got a lot of stories. And sometimes they're really helpful to people. And they might be stories that you wouldn't want to relive, but you don't have to, you can just retell them. And then they're in service to someone. And what a good use of memory. I, um, I was, I 
I think it was emergency management services, <clears throat> the uh, organization that deals with first responders. And they had asked me to come speak. And most of the times it's around PTSD and things like that. And it was uh, a few weeks before that it hit me. Um, there's this Bahamian um, evangelist named Miles Monroe. And he said that when you don't understand the purpose of something, abuse is inevitable. And it had hit me that I didn't understand the purpose of my memories or my story because I was using it to beat myself over my head, which made abuse inevitable. It was to remind me of how resilient I was because it no longer exists. So it's, it, it's my memory that I survived. It's, it's you've been knocked down, you're standing. So see how strong you are. It's you went through that. Don't cry joy. Like it was, it was just a, like you said, a rearranging of. So I started looking at the when I used to tell stories of bombs exploding or us move, you know, doing movements and a building would be there. And then you come back the next day and it's a crater there or somebody's not on the team anymore or, you know, things like that from deployments. They were very terrifying to retail over. But when it, when it hit me and that, that understanding clicked in and I realized it was kind of like this, like going to the shelf. And so we were involved in a mortar attack once in January, you know, back, and then put it back on the shelf That's and right. not worry about it. Yeah. Like life then was great. You know? Yes. And it's, it's like the, the vets that I've worked with, I remember one in particular, um, well, you know how it is when you're working with somebody and the light goes on mm -hmm. and, yeah. and you have no idea what you said, but something or other, the light went on and he, and I was talking about memory that it's, it's a tool or a weapon that's yours to use. And he's, he'd come in because of some nightmares and stuff he'd had about from being in Iraq. And uh, his light went on about that, that he didn't know that a memory couldn't hurt him without his permission. He did not know that. That's a big, big thing not to know. And he he saw it so simply and so clear. And he, I talked to him a few weeks later and he'd gone to his group at the vet's hospital and started telling his buddies about that. And that's a way better idea than me doing it. Here's a guy that knew what he was talking about. I mean, I know what I'm talking about too, but I've never been to Iraq and been in explosions and all that, but he did. And he could see that his memories were like a library, like a your library. Those stories are there too. You can take a book out and hit, hit it over your head or you can just use it in service to somebody. I've been more and more becoming comfortable with the analogies and metaphor of military life and, and this understanding. Um, man, it, you definitely can, you can use it as a tool or you can use it as a weapon. I mean, it is, um, 
And it's very, actually very interesting. How many people don't know that one thing you just said? That I you didn't... do need permission for that memory to hurt you. I didn't know that. Yeah, me either. I, I thought I didn't have. I thought it was wasn't up for option. Like it, you just had to be hurt by it. Yeah. I thought my memories were more powerful than I am. Nope. I love that. I do. You know, if we get good enough, Rob, and we can get tell enough people this, there won't be any war. Because what is war other than a bunch of people taking their worst thoughts seriously and acting on them? Us versus them. Mm -hmm. The us but, versus them. But we don't want to. Uh, I know sometimes I, I think um, God, I just I'm not doing enough. I just I want to reach more people and then I remember I wouldn't say that to somebody else. I wouldn't say, you know, you're not doing enough. That just being ourselves and showing up in the best feeling we can find is like a healthy epidemic. It changes every interaction you have. And that goes on and on and on and on. So we don't want to think that just um, just being ourselves isn't enough. It's it's the only thing. That's so many amazing things today. I'm going to ask you to go with me one more time <laughs> right. um the, the whole community the, the ones that listen to this uh a lot of the practitioners are new to this understanding and then there are some practitioners who've been around for a while i'm going to ask you to share where people can find you um and with new programs or anything that's coming but i would like you just to share a piece of inspiration um with anybody and when i say community I, I want to be clear that I'm saying anybody from this end to that end who understands what Sydney Banks was pointing to with mind, thought, consciousness for this understanding how we wake up. Not whether you're in this club, that club, or we like you, we don't like you. I'm not, that's not for me. That whoever wants to play that game can. I'm saying for any and everybody who sees this understanding and is trying to help suffering, uh, help in human suffering, you know, just a, a piece of inspiration to them. I can tell you, I can tell you a story of being with Sid. Um, I did a, some years ago, I did a two-year program teaching this to kids in prison. That's where that, the secret came from. Anyway, um, in the middle of doing that, Sid came to town and some of us went out to lunch for him and with him. And he, I guess somebody had told him I'd been working with kids in prison because he wanted to hear stories. He loves stories. So I thought stories, oh, okay. Do I have any stories? And, and so, you know, I just been doing my work. I wasn't thinking about stories. And 
So it came to mind a couple of the, the kids and what had happened with them. And, um, I, and I must have been t telling these stories as kind of just matter of fact kind of reporting because he reached over and he put his hand on my arm and he said, don't ever get used to the miracles, dearie. And I, I got kind of embarrassed because I hadn't seen the depth of the things that had been happening. It wasn't that I didn't see that we were making progress, I did, but I, I was kind of listening to my own stories and going, excuse me, holy shit, this is, this is amazing. And he was right. I had, I had seen the miracles as uh, ordinary. Not anymore. It's, um, But you, people really need to understand the miracle is who we already are. It's all we have to do is be who we already are. And that, that doesn't mean your ideas who you are, your personality or your culture, or your background or any of that. That's, that's dressing who you really are is made of God stuff. You have everything you need. You are an absolute perfect version of you. There's nothing to fix. There's nothing to repair. And just, even if you don't believe that, because most people can build a case for the fact that they're broken and stupid and not enough and all that because they've got all this proof in their background, right? Yeah. None of it's true. It's just a story of the best they knew. So if you, if you could just, even if you don't believe me, just entertain the idea I might be right. You don't have to believe it. Just 98% of you don't believe it. Just if there's just 2% of you that's willing to consider the possibility I might be right about that, that's enough because it leaves the door open to the unknown. And that's where all the good stuff is. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about the podcast, please go to 3pgc.org. If you're looking for more information about how to become a practitioner, or you want to be featured on the show as a new fresh voice in the principles, send us an email at info at 3pgc.org We'd love to hear from you. Knowing there is no end or limitation, nor are there boundaries to the human mind, have the day you deserve.